Welcome to Brighton Adventure Story Podcast. Chapter 25. Carp Fishing. The long man heaved on the great fishing rod with both hands. Skady watched from the railing of the little bridge. There was no way that the long man could haul up the great carp on his own, was there? James and Jenny were leaning out over the water, supported by wide branches. Hegel was right behind them, watching from the safety of a flat spot on the top of the trunk. James felt a tap on his coat hood and looked round. It was no tail. She hopped onto his shoulder to watch the events unfold. A hundred yards away, across the water, the long man braced himself against a wooden support post and wrestled with the fishing rod. The bridge was ornamental, built on a steep grassy slope that ascended from the edge of the pond. Most of the slope was now underwater. And, in that water, somewhere close, was the giant carp Enry. There's no way he can pull Enry up, Jenny said. That fish is as big as a whale. But the long man did not try and reel the fish in. He simply forced the rod to the edge of the bridge and lodged it in the railing. He picked up another fishing rod from beside him. It was already loaded with another corn on the cob, which he cast into the water in front of the bridge. Don't be greedy now, Enry, Hegel said. Surely one cob is enough for you today. But it wasn't. The second fishing line jerked tight. The bait had worked again. We've got to do something, James said. We need a rod, Jenny said, and a corn on the cob, or something else, but we're too far away. He likes bright things, Hegel said. Bright colours and movement. We need a miracle, James said. Look. On the bridge, the long man was hauling on the second rod and this time the silvery back of the carp appeared in the water in front of him. James caught sight of the special belt that was strapped to Henry's tail. Attached to the belt was the girdle picks, a leather pouch as big as a pencil case, which contained the stone of Brighthelm. The girdle picks, James said, it's out of the water. Immediately the wind picked up, gusting and tearing at the surface of the water. The elm's branches creaked and swayed, the noise of the rain was amplified as the big drops were smashed into the leaves by the wind. A strong gust caught James by surprise, and he lost his balance, slipping from the wet branch. Jenny caught him with a gloved hand and pulled him back up. Thanks, he shouted over the roar of the wind and rain. It's going to get worse if the girdle pick stays above the surface. Henry was struggling against the fishing lines, dipping in and out of the water. Wind-formed waves raced across the surface, white peaks forming before being smashed apart by the rain. The long man fixed the second rod to the bridge and pulled out a third, smaller rod. It was just a stick, with a corn on the cob dangling on the end. He held it low, cob swinging with the wind, tantalisingly close to the water. The great carp must have seen it, as he twisted round to snag the third corn on the cob. The long man held it just out of reach, and for a short while, Henry stopped struggling. Which was exactly when Skady jumped down onto the fish's back and ran toward the girdle picks. No tail was a step ahead of the pine martin. She hopped down onto the branch in front of James and let loose a dart. It soared way out to the right of the bridge, and James watched the wind catch it and swing it back round toward the long man. Skady was ready for it and leapt into the air, intercepting the arrow before landing back on the bridge. No! the long man shouted. Get the stone! He ducked down behind the wooden railing and Skady jumped back onto Henry. 
Notail fired again, and again the shot was off to the right. This time, however, it was not heading directly for the long man, and Skadi ignored it as it sailed over Enry and right toward the first fishing rod, where the tiny dart sliced through the thin line. Enry jerked sideways, freed from one rod, and dipped under the surface. Skadi leapt off, back to the safety of the bridge. The wind immediately eased as the girdle picks was submerged. We need to get Enry's attention fast, James said. Jenny, give me your torch. Hegel, I need your pike. I only just got it back, Hegel grumbled. But he passed it up to James all the same. James pulled his red woolly hat out of his coat pocket and put Jenny's torch inside, turning it on as he did. Then he skewered the makeshift hat-torch carp beacon to the end of Hegel's pike. He waved it from side to side, just above the water. No-tail fired another shot through the rain at the remaining fishing line, but Skady parried it from the bridge with a lazy flick of a paw. Shoot nearer to Henry, James said, then Skady can't reach it. Don't shoot near Henry, Hegel said, you might hurt him. No-tail compromised and fired two more arrows in quick succession, one low and one high. James could just make out the low one, a tiny black dart aimed halfway along the fishing line. Skady made a desperate move and leapt out over the water to intercept the first arrow with an outstretched claw before snagging another claw on the fishing line itself. The pine martin clung onto the line with all four paws. It was an amazing move that left Skady sliding down toward the water, spinning as it went. James could see the bright yellow fur on the creature's throat flashing in and out of view. No-tail's second arrow started the descent from its higher arc. It was aimed at a point further up the line, halfway between Skady and the bridge. The pine martin was powerless against it. The squirrel's arrow cut the line, and Skady splashed into the floodwater. Enry was free. Skady! the long man shouted. You fool! Quit playing around and get back up here! The pine martin was paddling wildly. As lithe as it was on land, it was not a natural swimmer by any means, and made slow progress toward the bridge. The long man was busy fixing a new hook and corn on the cob to one of the fishing lines. Henry, the children shouted, over here! James waved the pike near the water, hoping that the red woolly hat with the light inside would attract the carp's attention. But there was something else that had caught Henry's eye. Something yellow, wriggling near the surface, and right near where, only moments ago, the corn on the cobs had been. While the children were shouting the carp's name, Enry rose to the surface, right behind Skady. The long man looked up, just in time to see the great fish slowly open its enormous mouth. Skady, look out! the long man cried. But he was too late. The pine martin was engulfed by the very carp that the long man was trying to catch. James was still waving his hat, but he and Jenny fell silent. The creature that had seemed invincible, impossible to beat, had met its match, slowly swallowed by a fish of the most enormous size. But the fight was not over yet. I'll kill you, the long man shouted at Henry. You stupid fish, I'll kill you and I'll cut you open. He had almost readied a new hook and bait. Come on, Henry, James shouted. Come over here. The flood water had risen, and James shuffled further up the branch. Jenny stayed low, kicking and splashing to make noise, while James waved the red woolly carp beacon back and forth. There was a swirl in the flood water, something big moving, and it was moving away from the bridge and toward the children and the elm tree. 
The fish broke the surface again, and the girdle-pix was visible on its tail. Once more, a gale-force wind rushed out of nowhere, smashing huge raindrops into James's face. He squinted and hugged the swaying branch to keep from being blown off. A loud crack sounded from above his head. A higher branch broke loose and crashed down in front of him. The impact nearly shook him loose again, but he held on even tighter, jamming the rough bark hard into his chest. Just in front of him, the end of the branch was smashed clean off, exactly where the squirrel had been standing. No tail, he shouted against the wind and rain. It was all he could do to turn his head sideways and look into the water without being blown off. The broken branch was already ten feet away, drifting fast with the current and the wind. To his relief, No-Tail was still balanced in place, bow ready. He watched her fire another arrow at the long man, but the wind was too strong and the arrow fell short. No-Tail put her bow away. She was either out of arrows or too far away to hit her target. The makeshift branch raft and its tailless passenger drifted away with the current. Thankfully, Henry dipped back underwater and the wind subsided. The long man had finished with his fishing rod and was preparing to cast another corn on the cob. Hegel, James said, what should we do with Henry once we get him over here? No idea, the hedgehog said unhelpfully, but he won't be very happy with us when he realises we don't have any food. We need to get to the fountain outside the pavilion, Jenny said, to unplug it. There's no other way to stop the flooding. You can't mean what I think you mean, James said. We can't ride that carp. That's crazy. Just get your suction hook ready, Jenny said with determination in her voice. And don't let him taste the hat. Here he comes now. There was a light patch under the water about twenty feet away. James kept waving the hat on the stick while getting the suction hook out of his bag. Henry's massive head appeared and went for the woolly hat. James pulled it away just in time. The carp's huge body was right underneath him. Now, Jenny said, dropping from her branch onto Henry's back. This is insane, James thought. He held the pike and woolly hat high in his left hand and slid from his branch. He was a little late to the party and both his feet landed on the same side of the fish. He started to slide down into the water. He swung his right hand down and the suction hook slapped down in the centre of Henry's back, just behind the carp's head. It made a pleasing shwick noise and held fast. He pulled himself up and swung his right leg to the other side, riding the gigantic fish like a rodeo bull. Henry's skin was cold and hard and smelled faintly of bananas. Jenny shuffled up behind him. She had no problem gripping the slick scales with her green gloves. Just keep the hat in front of his eyes, she said. I'm going to grab the barbels and see if we can steer this carp. James held the pike with the red hat swinging from it steady in his left hand. The torch was shining out of it right into the fish's eye. Henry turned toward it and Jenny made a grab for the left barbel. It was a shimmering tentacle, as thick as a scaffolding pole, and it flicked momentarily onto James's leg. He let go of the suction hook, gripping the fish between his thighs. He was a cowboy without a saddle or reins on a big wet bucking bronco. He grabbed the barbel and squeezed it in his fist, but it was wet and slimy and slipped quickly through his fingers. Gotcha, Jenny said, snatching it from him with her gloved hand. She held onto it with no problem at all. It's these gloves, she said. I think they repel water or something. Look out! In their efforts to control Henry, they had drifted over toward the bridge and the long man. James moved the hat further to the left. Jenny yanked hard on the left barbel, 
and the long man cast a corn on the cob right at them. Henry changed course in time. The cob flew past behind the children. There was a rush of wind that told James that the girdle picks was out of the water again. But this time the wind was blowing the right way, away from the bridge and toward the sea. He moved the woolly hat further forward, and the great fish surged after it, slicing through the floodwater and the driving rain, and taking the two children on its back, directly toward the fountain at the old Steen. <laughs>